Hello and welcome to the Gimme More Gingy podcast. I'm your host, Gingy, and I've always lived my life outside of the social norms. With that being said, here I will share unmasked stories of my own as we explore ideas surrounding wellness, personal development, spirituality, sexuality, and so much more. All aimed at the objective in helping you align and honor your authentic self to explore different viewpoints and most importantly, to continue growing together. Hello, hello. It is your girl, Gingy, and welcome to the Gimme More Gingy podcast. Today, we are here to welcome <laughs> Mr. Ethan, aka E-Money. Yes, sir. Hello, hello. Thanks, thanks so much for having me. I drove an hour and a half in the craziest weather to be here. <laughs> So it better be worth it. And uh, are we going to talk about surfing? Why is there a surfboard here? Well, so currently I am not in my usual setup, cool. so we are improvising. So and you know what? Just a little decoration to gotcha, add to it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but you know what? Thank you so much for making the huge, crazy drive that you did. <laughs> gotcha. We are all so lucky that you're in our presence. No, honestly, any excuse to just hear myself talk, <laughs> I will take. So this is my pleasure. You're doing me a favor. Perfect, perfect. We're just going to have a crazy therapy session, talk yes. about my trauma, and then yes. you're going to shrink me. And um, I might get some clout out of the deal. So well, That's what we're aiming for. <laughs> yeah. That's honestly the only reason why we're here. Yes. But so <laughs> first, if you were to get into the back of an Uber... Wow, we're going right into it. <laughs> we are, we are. And they were to ask, what do you do? What would you say? Man, that's a really good question because in LA, everyone lies about what they do. Um, so, like, what do I do? I would say I work in um, reality TV casting, not because I'm proud of it, but because it gets a good conversation starter, you know, and then we could just, I like tell stories about, you know, what really goes on behind the scenes and people are into that, you know? So, Dude, absolutely. Uh, I think that still reality TV, people don't understand what it actually is yeah i mean it's it's pretty much just a scripted it's scripted tv but you pay the actors way less money uh, in exchange for instagram followers so that's wow that's what i think reality tv is is at this point it's um the way it's edited and the way it's produced it's pretty much just a scripted show um okay so first let's start how did you even <laughs> get into reality tv that's a really good question um so I moved to LA. Basically, it, it all started when I was 13 years old and I st decided I wanted to start rapping because um, hanging out in Sonoma, I couldn't stand out on the basketball court. I couldn't stand out with the ladies. I couldn't stand out as the guy who's riding bikes. I needed a way to stand out. Um, because I'm a narcissist just by nature. So <laughs> I uh, started rapping. And the first the first day, like, I rapped for my friends on the playground and it got a reaction. I was like, this is what I want to do. So um, I <laughs> you're like, how does this tie? It's going to tie into reality TV, I promise. So... Um, so then I'm, you know, have a, I'm rapping in high school, rapping in college, a few videos go viral on YouTube. And then one guy who lives in L.A. who is like a fan of like underground white rappers, he he messaged me on Facebook and he was like, hey, I like what you're doing on YouTube. Um, have you ever thought about living in L.A.? And I was like, I've thought about yeah, I want to leave my parents house. So anything that can make that happen. Yes. If, if it's L.A., he's like, cool, I could get you a job on a TV show. You start in two weeks. Here's your deal memo. You're hired. And I was like, I guess that's how you get jobs in LA, just be, be a white rapper on the internet. So then, I, you know, I, I you know started working on TV shows in LA. 
And then they were posting, I saw a posting like we need a reality TV casting associate for a show that's like about rappers and singers. So I just applied for that, um, you know, lied about my background. And I said, I look, I, I, I can find you rappers for reality TV shows. That's all you need to know. All this other shit doesn't matter. And then they hired me and that was my first job in reality TV was a show called Signed on VH1, which is pretty much just a rap competition show that was terrible ratings got canceled after one season it was a very terribly produced show and i will just slander it to the death <laughs> it was just i mean you know rick ross and the dream and lenny s were like the talents behind it and i think the idea of like rappers competing for a record label is so archaic because these days you could just do it on tiktok and everyone's independent that's the way to go so anyways that was the first show and then from there i just worked on i've worked on i think 30 reality tv shows in the casting world whereas like finding you know people with crazy personalities who are who don't care about maybe looking foolish which is hard to find these days like finding someone with a crazy personality it's like one in a million and then finding someone with a crazy personality who wants to do it on tv and not get paid any money <laughs> barely get paid any money it's it's a tough job but yeah that's been my life for the last six years now Damn. And what about it is keeps you keep going back? Um, Man, I think it's like the rush of it's like a drug. I think I'm like I like a, a very not a severe addict, but a low level addict. And the rush of like finding someone on Instagram and then watching them on TV. It just it's a very fulfilling thing. And then when people come to me and say, like, you changed my life, I was I hated my job. I got on TV. Now all these opportunities are happening because of you. It it feels good. So I, I just like putting people on TV. I yeah. like that. That's super mm -hmm. cool. I feel a lot of people go into reality into reality TV hoping that it is a big hit and that all these opportunities do come. Right. Is that something that happens frequently or less often? Uh, it's, I mean, you know, the Guy Fieri, the, you know, Guy Fieri was on a food network, a random food network show, I think. Don't quote me on this. And then he became Guy Fieri. So like, there's like always, there's like a 1% chance that if you get on a reality TV show, then more opportunities will happen. But like, what I just sell them on is this is a once in a life time experience and it's just going to be a crazy chapter in your life that you're going to be talking about for years and it just makes you a more like it makes you a more multi-layered person by by doing this and you have li like relationships for life so i mean most people they they go on tv thinking it's going to be you know the thing that makes them ryan seacrest it normally isn't but um it's just the experience that that's the reason why you should do it, I think, you know. It is an experience. Yeah. I mean, not everyone gets to have that opportunity. Totally. And you've mentioned a couple times how the amount of money these mm -hmm. contestants are getting paid is very, very low. <laughs> yeah. So kind of give me a, like a rough ballpark. That's a good question. So now they're doing better because it, you, you, to pay, like I was on a reality show myself in 2017. Oh, I can't wait to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> but um. And when it's a show where you have the opportunity to win money, they will give you the they will pay you less than minimum wage. So we got it for 35 days of filming where like every day you're filming from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. We got paid two thousand dollars for that 35 days, which 
It's 14 hours a day. Someone did the math, and I think it was like $1 an hour <laughs> in total. But we ended up winning the money, so it was cost-effective for me. But there's, but for seasons and for reality shows where like there's you can, you're competing for money and you don't win the money, you're l- making way less than minimum wage. Um, and then there's reality shows where there's no like cash prize, so they pay you a weekly rate. And normally it's like a thousand dollars a week which is still really low when you think about how much money the show is making and how like the talent is in is the only invaluable thing you could replace a producer you could replace an executive producer you can't replace the talent like they're the most important part of the show and the talent you don't have writers you don't have you know the talent is carrying the show by just being their chaotic selves and um and talking to the cameras and creating the storylines on their own. So um, I I always try to fight for like talent getting paid more and there being like psychologists or um, therapists on set that the talent can talk to. Obviously that's not in, in the network's best interest because it's the more, the more therapy you're going to, the more well-adjusted you are as a person and the worse TV you make. And what makes good TV is just, you know, bringing someone to their breaking point. So it's a, it's a very, uh, sometimes it feels like a soul sucking industry, but I have to just, you know, remind myself and remind people that like, this is only 30 days of your life. And if once you survive it, you're going to be such a stronger person. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I was talking to someone who was, I put on hell's kitchen the other day and, and I was like, you know, happy for her. And she, her life had changed, but she was like, those were the most, I almost like wanted to die. Like I wanted to drown myself while being on the show because they just, I couldn't do it anymore. Like I was, do they really just like run you to the ground and manipulate? It's, it's, it's manipulation, but it's just like the exhaustion, the amount of hours and you really don't have any time to just like sit down Mm. and chill. Like you get, you work six days a week and each day is like 12 to 14 hours for a lot of these shows. And then the one day you're not working, you're literally just laying in bed, freaking out about going back into work the next day and then going six more days you know so um it's like high stress high strung 24 7 for 35 days straight yeah and then it drives you crazy and the more crazy you're being driven um the more entertaining it is because humans have proven that we are entertained by watching other people suffer it's fucked up you know but this is so true holy shit yeah it's it's it is true but like there's shows like big brother is the one that um because it's three months in a house and you're voting people off you're you're trying to like sabotage and be fake to people and then stab them in the back and so you have like all the hours you're working mixed with like the stress of, is this person trying to stab me in the back? And then there's big money on the line. So, um, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, I want to be on reality TV. But then when they're actually there, they're like, what did I sign up for? Please get me out of here. You know, would you ever do a show like that? I know I'm selling it. super. (laughs) Right. Right. Well now I'm super excited to go on one. There's always like been a little part of me because I mean, I grew up with reality TV, like right. there wasn't social media. So that was the big thing to watch. And it was, you know, trash TV. And I didn't know everything that went on behind the scenes and stuff like that. And then you're always like, how are they having these crazy big fights? Like, how does she not understand that this and this and this, but you hear the behind the scenes and you start to think, oh, I'd probably do the same exact thing. Yeah. And now that I know a lot more things that go on behind reality TV, I just feel that if you would put that same energy into yourself 
and really work on your like social media and personal branding and mm-hmm. all that, it would be such a better experience. Totally. And probably the average of it actually happening for yourself is most likely if you do it independent rather than relying on all these other totally outsources. But reality TV is for people who don't have that kind of discipline, who just like you well, know, for people who kind of like want to get famous without putting in any of the work. Well, I was know? about to say the people that you seem that that are the ones who to go on reality mm-hmm. TV, it seems like the majority of them are ones that are still trying to find themselves right. at the end of the day. Totally, totally. And people who, it's also people who just like, because a big thing in reality TV casting is we want to find people with real jobs, like accountants, lawyers, um, cops, firefighters, you know, we don't want servers or like unemployed people or like entrepreneurs, you know, we want people who are, who have real jobs who are relatable. So it doesn't come off to the audience that they're just there to get famous, you know? So, um, and that's a tougher sell because it's like, Hey, you want to quit your really good job with benefits to go have sex on TV and disappoint your mom? No, seriously. (laughs) uh, Yeah. And then get criticized by the public, which is a whole nother mentality objective you have to conquer because getting that much attention period whether it's positive or negative is so over consuming and so bad for our psyche yeah because at the end of the day we're not supposed to be able to contact and communicate with this many amount of people that we are today with with you know social media totally but a lot of what you have talked about is how manipulative and how like almost like a psycho mental breakdown they have to do for these people what is the most like common outcome for someone after the reality show man because how do you just transition back to going back to your normal life whether you don't win something if you didn't get that popular yeah it's that's a good question so i think that the normal trajectory is you film the show and you come back and you have a crazy culture shock and you're like wait a second i don't have food just given to me 24 7 i don't have free alcohol i don't have producers pitting me against other people like the first three four days you're back in society. It's a, it's a tough transition, but then day five, day six, it's like, it never happened. You're just living your life. And then you're, you adjust back to society. Then when the show airs, it's a whole nother whirlwind. When the show airs, then you have this false sense of achievement because you're getting all these followers. You're, um, you know, people from your past, your ex-girlfriends are hitting you up, trying to get back together with you either that or saying, I'm glad I broke up with you. Cause you're a dick. Like th- your life just, um, your circle gets way bigger when you're on TV. So then it it gets to everyone's head. Everyone thinks that they're way more famous than they are. They think, you know, everyone's telling them like, this is only 15 minutes of fame. Like enjoy it while it lasts, but it's going to be gone. But every, no one listens to that. They all tell themselves, no, I'm going to be famous forever. I am, uh, I am someone that, America wants to watch 24 seven. So your Instagram blows up. You're, you know, you, you're getting a lot of messages, whether it's good or bad. You're like, Hey, any publicity is good publicity. And then when the hype from the show dies down, that's the toughest transition. I think that's the toughest thing people go through is realizing, wait, I'm not as famous as I thought I was. I'm not as cool as I thought I was. Now I'm just a regular person again. And a lot of people just try to cling on to any bit of relevancy by starting fake drama with their cast members or, you know, doing their <laughs> doing their own reality TV shows, trying to do way, do way too much on TikTok. So I think it takes like a year after the show airs or maybe two years after the show airs or sometimes people never go back. But it, like that's when 
It's it, I'd say like in all, it's a three year process to really feel like you're grounded again, <laughs> you know, because getting recognized does something to your brain and make when someone recognizes you on the street, you could ask Kevin when I was on the show, I, we were I was getting recognized everywhere. And I, I even though like in the back of my head, I knew that this was only temporary. I really was full of myself and I thought I was Justin Bieber and I would just I would go out just to get recognized because I like the feeling of it, you know? And then, um, when it stops happening, you, you start to, you know, you start to realize, um, you, you start to tell yourself that you're never going to be as important again and that you don't matter. And you have that like identity crisis. And then you just realize, ah, and the best part is to, to, to look back on it and say, that's really cool that I did that cool experience it's a cool thing to talk about on a first hinge date you know <laughs> that makes me interesting but like it's not uh it's not anything that i'm like trying to grasp onto and relive you know so. it seems like such a simple decision can change your life oh my god yeah tell me about tremendously. it tremendously like, yeah because you do have those a couple people i mean i'm thinking of harry hijauzi and francisca mm -hmm. i mean i don't oh, know francesca from too hot to handle Yes. She is hot. Okay. I was she literally <laughs> just texting someone about how hot she was. Really? That's so funny. Oh, That's man. wild. That's wild. You're right. There are I certain think she, people. I think she's now in a uh, relationship with a woman. Francesca? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I wanted her and Dom to work on the new Perfect Match show. Oh, Have you seen I, that one? I heard... I just saw a glimpse on TikTok, but I heard like the that experience was a huge, like horrible experience and like the producers and everything. Oh, Perfect Match? The, the new show that they're on or Too Hot to Handle are you talking about? No, no, no. Perfect match. Oh, wow. Like, because I think something, they went into a house and she was told that she wasn't going to have to stay there. And then literally in the middle of the show, they're like, oh, no, everyone has to stay here. Wow. I think. I don't really look into it as reality TV yeah. or my thing. But, you know, every once in a while, I want to know a little drama. A yeah. little tea. <laughs> no, it's... That, okay, that but makes sense. what I was saying is, you know, you have you your Harrys and your Francisco, French, sorry, sorry, thank yeah, you. it's <laughs> a tough name because it's spelled like Francesca, but it's really Francesca. But Sh they they are a couple ones that blow up. Yeah. I don't know how they are now, but they made something out of their career. Right. And you know, I feel a lot of people that go on the show, that's what their hopes. When they don't get it, do you have a lot of people coming back to you asking to be on another show? After they've already been cast? A hundred percent. Those are the people who get, um, who are in my DMs the most. People who I put on TV in 2018 and they're like, I'm trying to get back on the Food Network, man. What could I do? And then every single time you post a casting, they're the first one to apply to submit. And the thing is, you can't put people like unless like a network exec is like, I want this person on another show you can't put them on TV again. Like you don't, you want fresh faces. You don't want to recycle the same people. So yeah, most of those people, um, you know, they get, they get the fame and a lot of people have good, like I'm shitting on the experience because I had a bad experience on reality TV, but a lot of people ha loved every moment of, of the filming. They loved, you know, being in drama. They loved crying and drinking and just like being in a house. It's kind of like a weekend getaway with strangers that turns into 30 days. And if you vibe with the people, and you're a strong-willed and extroverted extrovert, which I'm not. I'm an inch. I'm like 20% extrovert, 80% introvert. So like, um, the extroverted extrovert, they have a great time. You know, a lot of people do have a great time. Um, but like the people who don't, that's when it's like, whew. but anyways, what were we talking? Oh yeah. Uh, getting back on TV. Yeah. A lot of people do like 
try to get back on TV. And the reality is like Joey Sasso from the circle. Who's now on perfect match. Like he is now um, reaching the status of reality star reality star is a job like Johnny bananas. The people who are always on challenge who get, you know, invited back to shows. And that's like 1% of anyone who's been on reality shows, maybe a lower percentage people who just, and in my, it's not, this is a skill to be a good reality star. First of all, you have to have thick skin because half of the people watching you are going to hate you. That's why you're a reality star. Cause you're polarizing. So you have to be able to deal with that, which I can't, <laughs> I'm a fucking pussy. I, any, any bad publicity. I'm like, just, I'm moving to Mexico for a month, you know, not even um, back with the parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, you know, and, with are you with MTV shows too? Like everyone's just trying to get on the challenge, which is a show that they just bring back the same people. They feel, they do like one or two seasons every year. So um, a lot of people like go on TV with the grandos, uh, the grandos dream of being a reality star and doing that full time, which is tough. But hey, dream big. Fuck it. I'm not I'm not shitting on you. Yeah. You know. I would never. I could never, <laughs> but shout out. So you yeah. getting onto a reality mm. show. First of all, why did you get on one? Why did you decide that was the move? Um, someone really decided it for me, actually. I'd never heard of the show. The show was Are You the One? I had already worked on two TV shows behind the scenes. And um, someone who I had worked with on the show was like, hey, you know, uh, you want to audition for this rap battle pilot thing. So I did that. And then in my audition for the rap battle pilot, I just went on a rant about dating because I had, I think I had just got my heart broken. And then she was in the same office as the casting director for Are You The One? And she's like, you got to see this guy's rant here. He is fucking unhinged. And he was like, we need him for Are You The One? And she was like, well, he already works in TV. Isn't that a conflict of interest? And he was like, I don't give a fuck. We'll just say he's an Uber driver. Let's. <laughs> so they auditioned me for it. I had never heard of the show. But I was at a point where I like I was broke and I wasn't really I, I wanted I wanted a huge change in my life. So I said, screw it. And then my mom, who is like always pushed me to find a wife and, you know, she wants grandkids. When I told her, she, my mom was like, you better fucking do this or I'm just <laughs> she didn't say she was going to disown me. But my mom was like, you really she's my mom was like, I already told all my friends in Sonoma that you're doing the show. So I'm going to look like an idiot. If you don't, you better do this fucking show. <laughs> so That's kind of an uh, exaggeration. But, my, you know, and just people in my life, I was with Kevin. Even when I got the call that I made it to finals and we just all me and my friends in my inner circle, we all decided it would just be a hilarious thing to do. So I said, why not? And then uh, did it and my life changed forever. And here I am. What was the most fun part about being on the show? Uh, the day I took my flight home. Oh shit! <laughs> Seriously, Wait, okay, so what the was last so, night. What was so miserable about the show? Like, what happened? Oh, man, it's. I think what's what was miserable about the show is first. If you don't, if you don't mind, can you explain oh, what the plot or the yes, yes. for Big Brother? So, um, for so for are you the one? The show I was on. It was oh, eleven, 11 guys, eleven girls in the same house, and it's pretty much like. Whoever gets chlamydia the most amount of... No, I'm kidding. Uh, the, it's 11 guys, 11 girls, and uh, they they each have to find their perfect match. Your perfect match is in the house. It's predetermined by matchmakers, but you have to date around, play games, and if you all find your matches, then you all split a million dollars. So, um, And there's a lot of... There's more intricacies, but... Um, so, the, so no one gets voted off, which was a bummer because I was like trying to get voted off. I was trying to be the first guy to ever get voted off. I... 
I uh, tried to injure my back on purpose. I, I tried to break my back while playing basketball just so I could be in the hospital for a few days and get out of the house. I sprinted. There was a security guard in the front and I sprinted and tried to run away, but then he didn't even chase after me. So I was like, this is no fun. So I just like <laughs> went back into the house with my tail between my legs. Wait, why didn't you like it? <laughs> like what, what happened where you're like, I need to leave. That's okay. So I think it's, it's more of, it's not, it wasn't the situation. It was more like a, my, my personal flaws. It's because, you know, I, um, first of all, the point of the show is to like mingle with girls and to date around and to hook up and to fall in love and to find love. But like every girl in the house pretty much, and I'm not blaming them. I would have wrote me off too. My, my confidence was in the dirt, but every girl kind of wrote me off like right away and didn't want didn't want anything romantically to do with me. So then the entire narrative in the house was E-Money needs to put himself out there more. His confidence is shit. It's like, of course my confidence is shit. A girl won't even make eye contact with me when I'm talking to her. And they, I got, I, I like got, you know, friend zoned by everyone, which is fine. Like you like who you like. It was just rough for me because like the point of me being in the house was to fall in love and to flirt with girls but like i just didn't feel like any of the girls wanted anything to do with me we were were great friends and i love all of them but it, they they were just some of the best looking dudes in america and then they just threw me in there and i was like is this the the plot twist of the season and i'm not saying i'm an ugly dude but compared to those dudes i'm ugly you know they're like chisel like perfect bodies perfect head of hair they're all like 22 23 i was 26 i was losing my hair already they wouldn't even let me not wear a hat because it was a bad look for mtv like i was forced to wear a hat 24 7 which is like you know people are like just own it it's like well i kind of have trauma with my <laughs> receding hairline thanks to the mtv producers and all that <laughs> stuff but um so that happened. And then, you know, my confidence every day just got shot to the point where like five to 10 days in, I just wasn't talking to anyone. I would just self isolate. And every time I was in a conversation, I feel like I had not. Have you ever been in a social setting where you're like, I have nothing to contribute here? Absolutely. I just want to go home. And that was 35 days of just being in that same social setting where I felt like a complete outsider. I didn't, I, I felt like everyone thought I was a weirdo. Um, so I just like kind of, well, you know, would follow around these same three guys and laugh at their jokes and, um, just pray for them to not, uh, just pray to be their friends because I didn't want to, you know, be a complete loner. So for me personally, it was a, it was a rough experience. Um, it um, sounds traumatic. <laughs> No, but seriously, how has that affected you like to this day? Uh, Have you gone to therapy? Not saying that necessary. No. That needs therapy. That's, but why, that's why I have Kevin because <laughs> Kevin is such a great listener and I've just dumped it all on Kevin and I have great friends so um, who hear me out. But so here's the interesting thing about my experience with Are, the, Are You The One is like I, I didn't think I was going to get any airtime at all because I was in, involved in none of the drama. Um, I hid from the cameras but they did they did a lot of they interview everyone and they because you know when something happens and you cut away to the guy who like says something funny so for the first like three episodes I actually got a lot of airtime which was a huge surprise to me so then like I got a lot of messages from from girls saying like if I were in that those girls are stupid if I were in that house I would have gone for you so once the show aired mm. then I got a big head and that that was like the poetic justice that I needed, like, ha ha, you know, the internet is 
the internet had my back. Like I, I, I didn't get much hate at all. Everyone just felt bad for me. So the internet had my back. And then, uh, and then I turned into the fuck boy that I was making fun of on the show because it's like, now I experience what it's like to have a lot of female attention and it, it turned me into a monster. I heard a lot of, yeah, I, I think I heard a lot of girls feelings. I, you know, just was, I was just like that athlete on the road just fucking whoever <laughs> does it does it attention change that much um like your personal attention you, you're saying as as if you go to the bars or something yeah. people will recognize you like do women really throw themselves at no yeah. way are you the one who's a big show for like college college sororities like that they would watch it they would have big watch parties and drink watch it every night so like <laughs> I would go, I would just like go to, you know, I was 26. Yeah, I was 26 at the time. And um, so I wasn't, I was just barely not old enough to where it was weird to be at a college bar with like 21 and 22 year olds. So whenever I would go there, it really felt like I was, I was a celebrity, a mini celebrity. And then it just really um, gave me a big head and turned me into someone that I hope I never become again. <laughs> so yeah damn yeah and it was like before the show i was i i I wasn't crushing it with the ladies at all i was just kind of you know begging i was getting ghosted i was just begging a girl from bumble to to go on a date with me like i would maybe go on one date every two months in la because la is a tough place to date when you have no money and you're not a celebrity so then going from that to being the cool guy i just i remember one guy I had a phone call with my friend and I was like, dude, I'm getting all these DMs from girls. What do I do? I don't want to, should I entertain them all? He's like, this is your chance. You're never <laughs> going to get this chance again. Have sex with every single one. And I wish I didn't take his advice, but I did. Shut the fuck <laughs> yeah, up. I was, a, I was a really shitty person. Um, not that guy anymore. Probably because I don't have the same female attention. Come so back you to literally, me. so you literally had sex with any and all of I, the women that would throw themselves at you. I remember. Yeah. The first night, that the first night that the first episode aired a girl i just went through the dms and i found one who like lived in long beach so i drove to long beach and we had sex in the jack in the box parking lot that was and then from there it was on and uh and it's crazy how like it's crazy how easy it becomes that's what i was just gonna say like like it's it's so wild that someone would just fling themselves at someone that they have no idea who they are and their thing is oh well i had sex with e-money and he was on that reality yeah (laughs) i feel like a lot of them did it like they acted like i was using them for sex but it's like you were using me just to tell your friends that you had sex with me so it was pretty uh mutually beneficial (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i mean there was that and then I mean, you could ask my good friends. A lot of people had to call me out like, dude, why aren't you making music? Why aren't you working? Because we won the money, too. So I had money and I had fame and I just literally used six months every day. I was just like, oh, wait, so you guys. So everyone found yeah. their match. Yeah, everyone found their match. We won the money. So like, wait, so then who was your match? Oh, her name's Zoe. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just because someone's your match doesn't mean you have any. I mean, no, but I'm curious. How was your connection to her? Like, even on like a friendly level? I mean, I. Or do I, you feel like it's complete bullshit? Um, I think they just randomly drew. I don't even think there were matchmakers. I think they okay. just randomly drew names out of a hat. But so wait, so how much money did you walk away with? So. And what was, were the twa- taxes like on that? Yeah, that's a good question. So it's a million. Do- so a million dollars split twenty two ways. 
theoretically is supposed to be $44,000. So you can accept $44,000, but they would have had to, I'm just totally breaking my NDA right now. I'm totally getting sued. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't, don't want to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. It's been years. I was about to say, don't they only last for like two years? I hope years? so. Um, but so well, if you go back and look at it and tell me to cut this, I can no, totally no, no, do No, 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 no. We're, we're airing the whole thing. Okay, I don't care. Okay. So um, it's a million dollars split 22 ways it's 44,000 each so you could take the 44,000 dollars but that would mean you you would have to get paid monthly over like five years or whatever it was versus if you accept a lump sum payment which is all the money at once you ex- you would accept 31,000 dollars instead of 44,000 everyone obviously was like I want all the money now no I was about to say the other option is probably the smarter option yeah <laughs> yeah I know so we all just accepted $13,000 left less to get a paycheck for $31,000 because just looking at it felt really cool. So we got that check. And then after taxes, I think taxes were like $7,000. So in total, oh, you hear the, you hear my drive. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I want you to be comfortable. uh, Thanks. So it was after taxes, it was like $23,000, which still isn't really that much money, but all at once to be like, you know, I don't have to work for four months. I'm going to travel. We went to Vietnam, cross country road trip and just kind of. Oh, so you did do something with the money. Hell yeah. Of course. Well, I feel like a lot, I mean, you just, your two little experiences that Mm. you just shared. I feel a lot of people, you know, there are the smarter ones, I would say invest. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Then you have the ones that kind of just like put it away and just live their normal life. Mm -hmm. But why not make some more one-time experiences? Yeah, I'm always like, I just want to be rich. I've never cared about how much money's in my bank account. And that's, um it's a good thing and a bad thing, but I'm always just like pay for experiences and travel and see things. So yeah, we went to Vietnam for two and a half weeks, backpacked the entire country with some friends, which was amazing. And then yeah, cross country road trip, got to, you know, got pulled over in Illinois and had mushrooms, acid and weed in the car, almost went to jail. Luckily they didn't find it. They let us off. Um, Where was it it, hidden? uh, It was hidden in a boot in the car. So, and on top of the boot, there was like a sock. So they didn't think to go into the boot. That's pretty smart. Yeah. It wasn't my (laughs) idea, but it was crazy. And then, yeah. And then just like, you know, that year after, are you the one every day I got a little bit less famous. So every day I felt a little (laughs) smaller than I had the day before. Um, And then once 2019 hit, I was like, it's done. I'm I'm relieving myself from that experience. I'm moving on. So that was like from 2017 to 2019. That was like my whole life was just MTV. Are you the one? It felt like my whole identity was. Yeah. Yeah. So I still can't imagine the transition out of that, especially as you mentioned, I'm thinking it's only one time when you're actually on the show and the transition to go back to your regular life. But I forgot that it takes almost like a year to actually air. And that's when, you know, everything comes back. Yeah. And just the like it was airing for 12 weeks so i just knew every wednesday i was gonna hear some shit every wednesday my phone was gonna blow up whether it's good or bad why'd you say that to that person or you know i can't believe uh i can't believe she you tried to kiss her and she said no you know like every wednesday i just had to like (laughs) relive the worst experience of my life which was honestly fine because at least i wasn't in the house anymore you know right right You could still hold your blankie at night. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Damn, that is wild. Okay, you've mentioned a couple of times Uh about your rap career. Uh Uh-huh. So when did you start rapping and what made you fall in love with rap and why did you start 
wrapping yourself? Um, I mean, yeah, I think wrapping was just, uh, you know, when you're 12, 13, 11, 12, 13, 14, you have to like just try a bunch of shit until you find a, what you're good at and b what you love, you know? And, um, basketball i loved but i just wasn't that good at same with football um and then sports and drawing i couldn't do wasn't the best student and rapping was the first thing that i found where it's like i feel like i'm a straight a i'm, I'm an a plus student at at rapping you know even though i wasn't very good i just felt like i was better than my friends which isn't saying much because i'm from sonoma where it's all white people who know and raps <laughs> so like, but like i i felt like it was the one thing i excelled at so i just in high school was like really songs on myspace are you from the myspace era of are course, you so you remember like did you have like local like high school rappers who would like drop songs on myspace probably but i wasn't into it i was the <laughs> one that was like you know i had my boyfriend i was changing my top eight all the time oh. i was coding to make it all look beautiful nice. i didn't understand like the pages and the rap career or the music mm. platform side of it because like jeffree star came from myspace oh my god he did yeah and i didn't know about him then i think maybe once uh -huh. but i was like in my little bubble right. i would say gotcha and were there any rappers at your high school? Did you notice any of the rappers so, at your high school? So actually there's a rapper from, I don't know if he went to my school or if he went to Huntington High, but I know he, I hung out with like that group. I think his name is like Young. Young Pinch. Yeah. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah. So he's, like that's. He's like the pride and joy of Huntington Beach. Okay. Yeah. Then it's him. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's fire. He's blowing up. Okay. Blew up slash is blowing up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I definitely didn't get as big as Young Pinch, but uh, <laughs> but I grew up, yeah, I just kind of like, and I was the guy, like, I got into like freestyle rapping, um, which is just, you know, you make it up on the spot, and you're either offending the shit out of people, you're either bombing, or you're either saying something so dope that people lose their minds and i loved like you get the biggest crowd reaction when you're freestyling and they know you're making it up off the top of your head so really that's what i was like i made songs in high school but my main thing like what people liked me for was just to freestyle in front of the school i would just grab the mic they would put on a beat and i would just rap about the people in the audience sometimes it got me in a lot of trouble because <laughs> you know i'm just trying to get a reaction out of people so if i talk about how hot your mom is or if i talk you know crap about one of my teachers i had to suffer the consequences yeah. of that but that was yeah so freestyling kind of did some battles and then in college found this thing called team backpack which was like a cypher platform where like they would just have rappers spit a verse put it on youtube and then it it kind of blew up like across the world in the underground hip hop scene. So I kind of got a name as like a underground cypher rapper who would just spit these 16 bar verses, um, get pretty good crowd reactions and they would blow up and then, you know, made but since then just been making music and still waiting on that one big hit to, to, that will allow me to quit reality TV. You know? <laughs> so do you ever feel like having a shitty job is like the best motivator to making your dreams come true? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why I'm applying at McDonald's. I have an interview at McDonald's on Monday because I just need that extra motivation. I get too fat and happy with reality TV because I'm like, this is actually a pretty sick job. Why do I really need to blow up as a rapper and change? But if I'm working at McDonald's flipping patties, I'm going to be hitting the studio every night, I feel like. so. I mean, that's good. I like the motivation behind it. You're giving yourself <laughs> a nice little... 
you're putting yourself in a very uncomfortable situation totally. to, to try to make yourself better. So yes. I can applaud that. Yes. And to piggyback off what you said, I feel like I've been shitting a lot on reality TV. I do think it's very important for people to put themselves through pain, through in, in uncomfortable circumstances. And that's in a reality show could be the most uncomfortable circumstance you ever find yourself in, but it's impossible to not grow and to be such a stronger person from it. So I advocate people going on TV because I feel like I had as bad of an experience as you can have. And I think I'm doing fine. Maybe I'm not, but I made it out on the other side. So if I could do it and that's why like, I like casting because I could kind of be that I'm not just someone who puts people on TV and is like, ha ha jokes on you it's like no i went through it so like you can talk to me any advice you need for how to handle it like please i'm here for you you know i kind of like to be the the the, the reality tv cast member whisperer in that sense because i i really do advocate and i really want you know i want reality tv people to get paid more to have more like um you know mental health resources because it's a it's a rough thing to go through and i been saying this it's only a matter of time before something really bad i mean knock on wood before something really bad happens with a cast member and i just don't want it to get to that point so i really hope that they could you know even just give five percent help to the yeah (laughs) to the cast members so anyways damn i like your outlook on it though it's a good outlook Mm -hmm. i mean you know you could go the route of I know to better myself, I need to do personal development, read mm-hmm. some books, podcasts, right. go into mindset work, all that. Mm-hmm. Or in order to just like really kickstart me, jump on a reality <laughs> TV show. <laughs> get the roll, get the balls going. Let's go. Hey, some people, some people don't have, to, and that's fine. Some people don't have that self starter mentality. No, for sure. So they just need someone else to to start that. I mean the way we we're conditioned growing up in our society right. I mean it's really hard to get to the other side seriously in, in my opinion how did you do it because you're a very entrepreneur hard um worker. I honestly funny enough I think my personal development journey started when I got recruited to be in an MLM because wow <laughs> oh my I, I can we talk about MLMs for 30 minutes because I got some <laughs> shit to say go for it go for it <laughs> no but okay so you got recruited to be in a yeah but pyramid scheme kind of exactly mm-hmm. exactly but with those you're going to a before you actually like join or before for this one i went to a couple like seminars and a mm-hmm. lot of them are very personal development like hey before we can even move on to our second meeting i need you to read this book and it was like a personal development book i wow. wish i wish i remembered which one it was and so i read that and it like kind of got the you know gears oh, grinding flowing. right yeah. but then i had also done bodybuilding competitively right. that's crazy. and that's like a whole extreme and it really like breaks you down to your core mm-hmm. where you're like i got some shit i need to work on yeah so it was like the combination of both totally and body how much pain would you have to go through on a daily basis because not only it's it's not only it's the hitting the gym and lifting but it's like your diet like it's 24. and and the rest of your world doesn't stop Jesus. So you're adding at least like a whole nother full-time, if not more full-time job on top of your regular life. Wow. Because yes, you're working out, you're on your diet, but you're still having to go to work. Mm-hmm. And as you're dropping fat, your functioning of so much yeah. starts to deteriorate. Jesus. Yeah. Plus you're also going to the gym to practice uh, posing because wow. that's what you're doing on stage. So you have to prepare yourself for it. Wow. So we relate. So I had, are you the one and you had, we both had these traumatic things we went through that that hopefully made us. 
hopefully <laughs> functional members of society right, right, right. but well-adjusted people it's a constant work in progress you know? yeah it totally is the people there's a lot of people who think they have it all figured out mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. okay so going back to myspace days yeah. you a rapper one i have to give you huge credit for oh, one starting in high school and having the vulnerability to put yourself in that position i always at that time in my life i wasn't I didn't have enough courage to do that. When mm -hmm. I had to do, you know, reports and stand up in front of the class, I hated it. Mm -hmm. I was always the one or reading popcorn in class because mm -hmm. I was never a great reader. Like mm -hmm. I hated the attention on me. Mm -hmm. And I always complimented slash tried to get more confidence from watching other people that were able to do that. Right. And right. then also to add on top of that, you were able to just come up. <laughs> with these crazy ass things i'm sure that you said out mm -hmm. of nowhere yeah i feel like a lot of people can't do that i know i can't i mean everyone has their thank you for saying that yeah. by the way um everyone kind of has their thing that they're really good at i'm i can't i'm a terrible reader i can't read a page without my brain telling my like when i read i go i get two sentences in <laughs> and then my brains is like I'm applauding myself for that for I'm reading and then I'm like damn next conversation I'm in I'm gonna be sound so smart because I'm reading and at the end of the page it's like I didn't retain any of this shit so there were so many things that I was like really that I would struggle in and then I, I just felt like putting words together and making them rhyme just was one of those things that kind of came easy to me growing up and um so I was like why not you know why not take this and then also being able to you know make people scream not like a, in a sexual way i still can't still haven't figured that one out still working but, on that one yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> i'm just trying to make kevin laugh over there but i guess we're he's <laughs> in his own little world oh, he's, um, <laughs> but yeah no just get it uh but uh yeah and and as far as like putting myself out there that's a really tough thing because in high school and in college and it still kind of happens but i'm good at shutting it down but like in high school i was just everyone's just so desperate to be accepted that's all anyone wants is they want a sense of community they want to be the cool kid and i felt like when i started to get a name for myself as the rapper at high school the only way that i was accepted is if i would spit a freestyle at a party no one just wanted to hang with me just to chop it up and you know we talk about math class no it's like ethan if you it felt like ethan if you're here at this party you have to freestyle so every every party i just felt like I had to rap and sometimes it would be bad. Sometimes it would be good. And sometimes I wouldn't want to rap. I would just want to hang. So, so like it got to a point where at lunch, I used to eat lunch with my mom at home because I just didn't want to be put on the spot to rap every, cause I was like the, like the only rapper at high school and they, and whenever people just wanted entertainment, it was like e-money rap for us. What are you doing? And I, I hated it, you know? And then in high, in college I got away from it and I was like, thank God. And then I started to kind of blow up on YouTube and then it was the same thing. Like e-money spit a freestyle e-money. My friend wants to battle you. And then in high school, a few times, uh, people would have this whole, they would write battle bars, like dis, disses on me and they would practice it. And then they would just see me in the hallway and they'd be like, Hey, I want to challenge you to a rap battle. I don't even know who the person is. They have all this prepared shit. They would destroy me. And then I'm trying to freestyle off this spot. And then all of a sudden, you know, the narrative around high school is E-Money doesn't have it anymore. He, he lost to this fucking no name, you know? So it, it felt like every day I had to just like, claim my title and, and it sounds so stupid looking back on it because it's just high school but it was it was ha you know 
that that much attention really kind of fucked with me. Um, and it's like kind of like careful what you wish for. Everyone wants to be the guy that you're talking about, but it's just a daily responsibility, especially with rapping, you know, because it's not like, oh, you know, his new song's coming out in three days. It's like, no, he's a freestyle rapper. He needs to prove himself every single time. So that was that was a tough thing to go through. Now I'm just like, if you want me to rap, it's like, go to my YouTube page, shut the fuck up. I'm not rapping for you. But back in the day, I would I would be put on the spot 24-7, and I hated it. I was about to say, you know? it sounds like it would get so exhausting. Yeah, I mean, luckily, like, I should have just been smarter about it and had like prepared shit that I could just spit and impress people and then move on. But like, but you yourself are still learning the craft. Exactly. I was like two years into it. I sucked. I wasn't good. I had a few songs that people liked and I had a few moments in freestyles where people went, Oh, but I still was a really bad rapper. So it was constantly, I was just letting people down when I was freestyling. So, um, I felt like what I went through in high school with music prepared me for any of this other shit that I've dealt with. Um, like the YouTube fucking online bullying. I'm all good. I had people to my face tell me how much I sucked in high school. Um, you know, so. It is kind of crazy how your beginning of like rap career to what you do now, reality uh-huh. TV, it all kind of like blends in yeah. together in a sense. Yeah, definitely. So with rap, you mentioned how some youtube stuff kind of like went off and like underground rap right did you do like a lot of those underground yeah so is it is it similar to kind of what we saw in eight mile with like eminem (laughs) because that's Um, honestly no that's a good question it's not so eminem eight mile it's like battling it's like i'm dissing you i'm Mm. you know you're you know i throw up the middle finger i finally met someone who's more ginger like um, i'm i'm i want to find a way to just hurt your feelings that's what battling is and then whoever the and then the crowd decides who wins with what i was doing ciphers was like they would have an instrumental and then three guys would just rap a verse not dissing the other guys there was no dissing involved it was just like but it still was a competition for like who had the best verse who moved the crowd the most, you know, um, who flow, who had the best punchlines, who had the best flow, the best delivery. So it was a, it was a, it was a competition, but there was no dissing and putting each other down. So, so is, is it something that you work on by yourself? You memorize these lines and yeah, then you go to the place. Exactly. Oh, okay. So it's almost in a sense, like kind of like comedy, like stand up. Exa- yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's very true. So, um, they would send, so yeah, it was, they would be like three minute videos on YouTube and they would, you know, release one a week or whatever. And they would send you, um, the beat a week in advance. And they said, this is your cypher beat in one week. You have to, uh, deliver this in one take on camera. There's no two takes. There's no editing here. It's just, you have to deliver this one take. So write your verse and get it completely memorized and, um, have it ready to go. And then, you know, if you spit a really good verse, that then your your life your whole rap career could change so i had a few verses that like got millions of views on the internet and a lot of you know my a a lot of more eyes and a lot of more fans and there's fans it happened 10 years ago and there's still people today that hit me up like man the team backpack stuff still a fan from from those days so so you blow up that puts you at like a new level more eyes are on you Mm -hmm. How are you continue to grow? So that's a good. So the thing with Team Backpack is like the Team Backpack platform was so big and so many, um, so many people watched it, but it didn't necessarily transition to your music career. 
And for me, it kind of became a thing where people didn't care about my music. They only wanted to see me in these ciphers. Um, that's kind of where I was shining the most was just the one take delivery, getting a crowd reaction. So, um, the, the, the goal of it is really to just like be so dope and so unique as an artist that you're having people listen to your music, you know? And that's what I struggled with it at first is like, I wasn't even really making music. I was just like a cypher rapper. My whole thing was just like going to these events and spitting a verse. And then people like, where the fuck's his music? Like, does he even... Is he even really a rapper or, or does he just do a cypher once a month, you know? So then I had to like really develop as an artist later, which I didn't even do till like four years ago, I feel like. so. And are you, you continue to make music to yeah, this day? totally. And are you uploading it somewhere? Yeah, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere pretty much. Okay, so um, if people want to search for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just e-money, all one word. Um, okay. And then, yeah, I'm the, I think I'm the only, there's a lot of e-monies. I'm the only white e-money, I think. And, um, I'm, yeah, I might want to change my rap name. I don't know. It's, uh, it's been a debate. So, so what would you say is your vibe when it comes to your music? Um, cause my, it seems like there's many different areas of rap. Yeah, no, totally. Um, you know, my vibe is kind of like third eye blind meets J Cole meets Lil Dicky. Okay. <laughs> they all have a baby together. Cause my sound, I love the nineties sound and I want to, Remodernize it my whole purpose as a as a musician is to just take the emotion of 90s music and and make it modern and that's what hip-hop was in the 80s it's let's take soul from the let's take motown music from the 60s sample it and modernize it and call it hip-hop so i'm like let's take the alternative goo goo dolls third eye blind who uh Hootie and the Blowfish. I love the songwriting and the way those songs are structured. So it's like, I want to add a hip hop feel to that style of music. And then it's like J. Cole, because J. Cole in, in my eyes is like, I don't know if you like J. Cole, but I think he's one of the, you know, great lyricists of all time. Kendrick, all those guys. And then Lil Dicky, because it's like, I make fun of myself. I'm not a braggadocious rapper at all. I used to be. Now I just like, I shit on myself and I just, I, rap about identity crises and uh not knowing what my life is going to be and feeling like i you know feeling like i'm the only one of my friends who will never fall in love and uh it's kind of sad now that i think about <laughs> it my music but you have to laugh at yourself so that's kind of that's kind of my vibe as an artist now i would say mm -hmm. i've actually listened to i have one of your songs favorited on spotify <laughs> Oh, the job of the hut one. You yeah, said, oh, nice. I really like that one. Every oh, time it comes you. home, I'm like, oh, I know him. It's so cool. Oh, that's awesome. It's crazy, like how much more goes into music, like the background mm -hmm. and also like the history of it, and like right. you as a creator going back to learn the history, to mm -hmm. learn how music is written, right? How music is structured, because for myself musically, I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. It's just so foreign to me. You actually do. Oh, without knowing it. Okay. Every you're a songwriter. We could I everything that you've said in this podcast, we could break it down and we could probably write four songs. You you've been writing songs every day you write songs. You just need someone to structure it in song format, but you're a songwriter. Song format. Yeah. That in itself seems so <laughs> intricate to learn. But um, I guess it's kinda like writing an essay in a sense. You exactly. Know? Yeah, anyone with a brain, I feel like, is a musician. That's what I truly believe. So would you be down to show us 
Or, a rap? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. All right, cool. Do you cool. have an instrumental you could throw on? <laughs> you know uh, it. Let me, let me see. Uh, Give me one second. Let me pull right, it up. Cool. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play it in my mic. Okay. And we're going to see if it plays. Okay. So let's do one little test real fast okay, and then cool. just to make sure it works. Hold gotcha. On. Oh, per yeah, I could I could rap to that. Uh, can, can you yeah? Can you give me one second? I'm trying to think of uh, trying to think of because because I don't want to just freestyle off the top of the dome. I want to think of some. I want something that. Uh, okay, yeah, I I think I could do it. I'm probably gonna fuck up because I wrote this recently. But if I fuck up, I'll just freestyle. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Ready? And I could swear, right? You can do whatever you okay, want. Cool. You're it's your stage. Okay, let's you do control it. it. All right. Hopefully, hopefully I can do this well. Yo. Oh, that piano's nice. It's almost like I played it or something. Yo. Yeah. Since a kid, I had a habit for saying the wrong thing. Called the queen a bitch the week I won prom king. I'm not the payoff kiss in the rom-com scene. My style's more like Harry and don't worry, darling. Like I'm going 45 in the fast lane. Jewish women love me. It's only because of my last name. All of a sudden, a veteran in the rap game. Don't talk about my hairline and I promise I won't fat shame. And I walk around defeated. I used to dream about moving to L.A. Now I'm only dreaming of leaving. Never find an angel when in the city of demons. I became who I hated I need to seek a deeper meaning These women in their 20s be playing me stupid Need a lady with a 401k and a few kids Who knows what she wanted Ain't waiting for Cupid You buying a boob job She copping a new crib My hair gone goofy ass white boy It's my niche being myself Even if it never get me rich I only aim low when I see a rainbow Jet skiing We ain't never in the same boat Eat monster that, that was perfect that the beat ended because we could we ended acapella. <laughs> Bro, you are so good. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> really? No, You're seriously. Not just that? No, oh, seriously. Holy Thank shit. You. <laughs> Thank First you. of all, the fact that you can just come here whip that out mm. your presence is amazing wow thank you you oh my goodness <laughs> they give me chills that was seriously so good really oh man the whole time i was like oh, i don't know if jessica's liking this i think i picked the wrong well word. also like you say it so fast so it, i have really bad adhd so uh, it, it takes a moment to process everything so totally. sorry if my face didn't show no. up but i swear <laughs> that was so good uh, thank you Thank you. Yeah. Like, Dude, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's um something I kind of wrote recently about uh I So wanna... how how often you write something? How often are you practicing it? How often are you like changing it? Um no, that's a good question. So it's like you the process is I'll write it, record it, drive around, listen to it a bunch of times and then say like I want to change that, I want to change this, then re-record it and then um you know, try to like do it live. And if I can't get through the whole verse live without having breath controls and it's, it's all about like take, it's like an essay, you know, mm -hmm. you have a rough draft and then you just gotta, you, you get it, you get it tight, you know? Yeah. So, um, how hard was it to train your voice and like your breath and all that? Oh yeah, no, that was the hardest part of it. And, um, I think the team backpack thing for helping me because you had to write, you had to spit a verse in 16 bars. And if you ran out of breath and couldn't say certain words, then they destroyed you in the comments for it. So, oh. um, but, but always growing up, everyone told me like, man, you are a dope writer and you have a good flow, but your voice sucks. People always told me that. So I, it took me a long time to like 
to feel like in that song Job of the Hut that mm-hmm. you listened. That was the first time I heard myself rap and said, you know what? I kind of do have a dope rap voice, I think. No, I think your voice is great. I appreciate that. And but yeah, growing up, it was some people just have naturally a great rapping voice. And for me, it took like years to to feel like I'm my voice is enjoyable to listen to because I had comments back in the day like damn Imani's delivery makes me want to throw my fucking computer out the window but I feel like that's with everything and you need that not everybody is going to be you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea totally but you're going to find your audience Mm -hmm. of your close like super fans and that's what's going to help you so what are you doing right now in order to push your career Um, because what are you doing dude (laughs) why are you not famous yet (laughs) thank you um i mean right now i just uh you know the tiktok algorithm kind of has the music industry by the balls right now so it's like me and all my artist friends we're all just like how the fuck do we hack the algorithm to to have our songs blow up and so i'm just trying to like you know, I'm making a lot of music, but also like you have to think about how much content you have to make and how much you just have to feed that algorithm until like, cause I've seen, like I've had two artist friends who blew up and are living my dreams. And this has happened in the last three years. And it was both just like uploading to TikTok three times a day until like the one, all that, all they needed was that one TikTok that blew up where everyone in the comments was like, where can I find the song? Where can I find the song? Then it blows up on Spotify. And if you have a song blow up on Spotify, you're quitting your job. You made it. You did it. You won the mm-hmm. game of rap. <laughs> and we need that to happen to you. It's I'm, happening. I feel like if two people around you, it's mm-hmm. happened. It's so close for you. Yeah. Like it's I right hope. there. So keep pushing. Thank keep you. pushing. Thank you. Seriously. I appreciate that. You're, I mean, we'll have to make it, we'll have to like get a song of yours and make a dance to it and try to make it yeah, go crazy. Totally. I recently wrote a song about, um, my first love from college okay. called like the same one I still love. So if you, um, if you have any heartbroken TikTok friends okay. who want to like do a TikTok where they're crying, <laughs> maybe we can do that. I just need, it's people a little cr- hard to get people. To, I mean, Gen Z seems like they love crying on camera, but Oh my God. Us millennials. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a secret to going viral is just crying on camera. Yeah, I don't think I could ever set up a camera <laughs> as I cry. I just don't think that's the first thought that would come to my mind, <laughs> but to that, each their own. That, is that, that feels like a mental illness to be like, I'm having the most vulnerable moment in my life. Let's film this and put it on the internet for, yeah. let's get clout from, from my sadness yeah you know? the psyche behind it is a little little interesting could you imagine just growing up with tick like in high school having tiktok and instagram Dude, i cannot imagine that at all yeah because we got i remember in middle schools when like the iphone came out yeah. and instagram followed very shortly you're how old are you again i'm 29 okay, i'll be 20 so, i'll be 30 this year so you're okay so two years we're two years apart so you're 2011 Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was, and even in all of high school and the beginning stages of college, yes, Instagram was a very popular, but it wasn't. I guess in college it started to become more and more, but in high school, yeah. I didn't really care to post shit. I right. didn't really care to have everybody know what I was doing twenty four seven. I wasn't trying to become famous or no. you know any of that stuff. The, the 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 idea of getting famous online didn't even really exist. Right, when right. We were in high school, and also like even like YouTube. I know YouTube came oh, yeah. around two thousand and ten. Right, but I wasn't someone that was on it. I actually know. She was she was a lot younger than me, probably we'll say like three, four years, but she decided to take 
YouTube seriously and mm. she did makeup and I remember everybody having that weird like what are you doing yeah. get off you know now she blew the fuck up of course doesn't have to worry about a thing yeah and the re- for the rest of our life financial like, a- freedom right absolutely crazy and now you see so many people doing it but also in the sense i remember in seventh grade hanging out with my friends i did not know how to do makeup uh-huh. i still don't yeah we were wearing limited to crazy outfits like having sleepovers putting crazy makeup and making you know dance music videos that were trash and yeah. now you see all these girls same age in middle school high school dressing so sexy and like pushing their boobs up super sexy makeup makeup making them look you know 25 30 years old uh, which is wild the the creepiest thing is for pedophile this is the best time to be a pedophile because (laughs) so sad no it's hard men have no idea uh, like the fact that men have to walk up to 17 16 year olds and be like hey how old are you oh yeah because you can't even you tell. Can. You really And especially can. with all the, uh, I mean, I don't go, mean to go on a tangent, but all the hormones that they're pumping and processed food and all that. Oh, my God. And all, everybody eats that. I mean, that's helping speed the age the process. The aging process, yeah. But. Totally. I, I mean, my, my rule of thumb is if you're wondering whether or not a girl's 18, maybe just don't approach her. You know? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I guess I've never question. been in this situation. I was assuming. My bad, my bad, my bad. Okay, I have How did you come up with e-money? Um, e-money? Um, so growing up in Sonoma, I played basketball a lot and there was uh, my my next door neighbor, um, the st- my friend's stepdad, next door neighbor. He was like the funniest, coolest dude. And every time I would be shooting hoops, he would just yell out the window like, that's money. Like he'd have a new nickname for me every day. He saw me. Uh, he saw me shooting hoops. So like one day it would be like Baby Shaq. He called me Baby Shaq, Baby Shaq Diesel. That one stuck for a little bit. But I couldn't. My rap name couldn't be Baby Shaq. It actually might have. That could have been a cool rap name. But then one day <laughs> he was like. That's money. I'm gonna call you E Money because I was like draining him, mm-hmm. and then we all just laughed about the name E Money. And then um, my it started off as E Money Fizzle. That was my AOL screen name, E Money Fizzle eighty one. And then Fizzle, like the Snoop Dogg, the for shizzle my nizzle mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. that was big in the zeitgeist that died. So I just shortened it from E Money Fizzle to to E Money. And um, I love it. And that's yeah. So it, it was, it's just like a sentimental. I'm a sentimental guy and my child, I hold my childhood very near and dear to my heart. So e-money is just like resembles the awesome childhood I had and uh, um, on Crivelli drive. So I love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. Okay. So my final question for you, mm-hmm. this one's going to get deep. Okay, cool. If you could go back to your younger self and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, wow. Um, The, the man that's i would like when you say younger like 13 year old well let's say for the sake what, of whatever time okay. you needed to hear your older self come back to you and give yourself advice okay i would um go back to my 17 year old self who was applying <laughs> for colleges and i would say don't do it bro don't go to college why um i just think college is the biggest there's so many scams in the world America especially is the land of the scams. You know, I think college is the biggest one. It's $30,000 to have, especially like where I went to school, (laughs) San Francisco State. I had a 
good time, but it was the shittiest education. It, like it, what I learned in middle school stayed with me. I learned I, like my middle school teachers cared more about a lot of than uh, my SF than a lot of my SF State professors who were just phoning it in. And I felt like college is just like if you like if you the the point of college for most people unless you really unless you want to be a doctor unless you know what you want to do at 17 the point of college is to meet people and socialize why are we spending $30,000 just to have like a couple years of socializing why don't you just like you know take out a loan or you know save up $5,000 and then go travel to Europe for you know and 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 don't work and have that be you know your social experience so um just yeah the fact that I'm I was $30,000 in debt for, for that experience where I was depressed most of the time. Um, so I would, I would tell my 17 year old self, don't go to college. It's not worth it, you know? And another thing about college, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here, but like I, when I went to college, it was a bunch of like 18, 19, 20 year olds who didn't know what the fuck they wanted to do. They were just wasting their time, wasting their parents' money. They turned into alcoholics and a lot of them got addicted to drugs because they had so much free time and nothing to do. It was a very destructive environment for so many people I was around. Then you had people who were 28, 29, and 30 who were going to college and they went there for a reason. They were spending their own money. They had worked at UPS. Like I'm going to shout out my friend Bonte Hill right now who's a, who works for the Golden State Warriors. He's the pre and post game. He has a great job, like the dream job that everyone was fighting for in college. He went to college at 29 years old after working at UPS saying, you know what? I really want to be a sports broadcaster. I'm going to spend my own money. I'm going to invest in myself. And he did college right. When you're 18 and 19 and you just want to get laid and party, you're not really doing college right. You know what I'm saying? Especially when it's like a state school like SF State that people don't even really respect when it comes to education. <laughs> I just shit on my alma mater. But, uh, you know, so that's that's the biggest that's like the, one of the biggest uh opinions i have is that college is very stupid honestly i 100 percent agree with you <laughs> truly truly nice. i mean i i did sorority life and that was the best part where'd you go to college i went to a community college first and then i transferred to cal state long beach oh nice CSULB. So, cool yeah. see that's a smart uh, route i am i'm glad well i never took the acts or sats because mm. i was originally supposed to do culinary school cried my eyes out because I don't, you don't know what the fuck you want to do. You yeah. have no life experience and you feel all this pressure to constantly, what do you want to do? Dude. What do you want to do? I'm like, well, fuck, I'm literally 17 years old. I guess I like cooking yeah. because I've cooked for myself once or twice before. Oh my God. So I like kind of got thrown into community college because that was the only other thing I could do. Yeah. And I almost missed a deadline on that. Right. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough. I did get a loan from parents to go to more schooling because that's what they believed that was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I just partied my ass off. Yeah. I barely slept. I blacked out all the time. I was toxic. I was wild. But you know what? I'm glad that, that I was able to do that because... Got it out of your system. Exactly. Um, and it's like people are ashamed to not go to college and work at a restaurant. I think it's becoming more normalized because you so. you do see all everyone more on the internet and how accessible everybody's making courses. Yeah. And you can learn a lot cheaper, a lot mm-hmm. faster and a, from actual people that have the experience. Because right. that's another thing. A lot of these teachers, they're just taught whatever they're taught in their school and they don't actually have real life experience. And yeah. we're not even taught real life experience in college. Oh, no. Uh, completely agree with you. Yeah. All right, E-Money. Everybody is running, <laughs> running, changing the apps 
to try to figure out where they can find you. <laughs> so let the people Jesus. know. <laughs> uh, E-Money does it on Instagram and TikTok. All one word, E-Money does it. Um, E-Money on Facebook. And then my Twitter's dead because I don't have any political opinions. So don't follow me on Twitter. Um, yeah, E-Money does it. Slide into my DMs. Um, if you want to be on reality reality TV, he's got you. Very true. Yeah, but all, you know, also like chances are that I'm not going to get you on a reality TV show. The best people for reality TV are the people who don't want to be on that I have to DM them and sell them on the that's idea. True, that's so, true. um if you message me to get on a show, you're probably not going to get on a show. So I probably would not get on the show if I applied. <laughs> but yes, I will put everything in the description below. Everything uh, will be linked in the show notes. But thank you so much for coming on my show. You, I've had so much fun with you. I've had this I'm gonna, is... I'm gonna have to have you on again because there's so much more I want to talk about. Oh, so yeah. you'll I be need on to ask soon. You questions. I need to have a podcast <laughs> so I can have you and then put you in the hot seat next time. All right, perfect. Well, until next time, Gingy out. Mm-hmm.